What did you say you were drinking? I, I had a glass of Chianti earlier. Oh, this Chianti. is a fancy podcast. <laughs> what is that? Is that wine? Chianti is a, a red, red wine from the Chianti region in Tuscany. Oh. You know, Silence of the Lambs. That's fancy, but I have I have uh, I have Lake Michigan's a glass of Lake Michigan's finest right here. As mm. as we're starting up. The latest episode of an NL Central podcast. This is an NL Central podcast, episode six, brought to you by Banish to the Pen. I'm Brandon Lee of Banish to the Pen, joined today by Eric Roseberry of Red Reporter. Hello, Eric. How's it going? It's it's going. And Alex Cusifoli of Viva Albertos. Hello, Alex. Hey, guys. So whose idea was this to record while Alex and I are watching the end of a Reds-Cardinals game? <laughs> uh... To recap, the Cardinals are up three to two right now. Yeah, Rosenthal's on the mound. So, uh, so there could be some excitement in the background, or possibly some groaning. Uh, Phillips. Oh, oh, we got some hitters coming up. All right. Eric, Eric is Eric is excited for his team's prospects in the ninth. Perhaps. Well, what's going to be funny? I'm watching this on MLB TV on my iPad, and it's always a couple seconds behind everybody else. So I'm going to pretty much learn what happens in this game from Eric. I have a feeling. Well, Eric's Eric's on blackout, <laughs> uh, so I am. I'm game. <laughs> so Eric, Eric, are you watching on Twitter right now? I have a game day pulled up. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I'm just watching. I'm reading words okay. as they come across the uh, computer screen. So this. So, I, well, I, can I say? Can I ask a question? Go real ahead. Quick? Go ahead, Alex. I notice people who watch like an entire game on game day. You know, like where you, where I assume the graphic where you see the pitch come in and is that an enjoyable way to watch a game? Uh, I usually have the radio broadcast queued up while I'm doing that. So I, okay. I won't okay. just sit and watch quietly unless I'm talking to you guys. Right. I won't do that either. I I will. Okay. It's it's something that I do while I'm on listening to radio or when I'm doing something else. Like if I'm watching, I get, if I'm watching something yeah, else I, on TV. Okay. I guess it never dawned on me the people who are often tweeting screenshots from that are also listening to the radio. Um, so that – that sounds much more enjoyable than what I thought they were doing, which is watching a nine-inning game with just that. Actually, the one time where I did watch game day and only game day was game five, Nationals versus Cardinals in the playoffs. Mm. Uh, the the Nationals bullpen meltdown. Like I, I was at that game. Oh, you were at that game. Yeah. <laughs> I, I And on... On game day, I kept seeing, you know, run, run parentheses s, uh, over and over and over again. Uh, it was fun. Just kidding. It wasn't that much fun. Uh, but that that was the last time I watched multiple innings on game day. Just game day. 
I in college I did that with a few basketball games, but that was before the wonders of the internet that we had now. Of course, of course. Uh, in in these in these modern times, the standings of the National League Central read as follows: Chicago Cubs, forty-one and seventeen; Pittsburgh Pirates, thirty-two and twenty-seven, nine and a half back; St. Louis Cardinals, thirty-one and twenty-eight, ten and a half back. <laughs> Milwaukee, 28 and 31, 13 and a half back. Cincinnati, 22 and 37, 19 and a half back. This is all before the the games on Thursday. And I, I guess I'm, surpri- I'm a little surprised Milwaukee's only three games under 500. Can you guys still hear yeah, me? I can still hear you, yeah. <laughs> Alex, you sound so tired tonight. <laughs> I I was telling them before we started recording that my uh for the very first time since my ten and a half month son uh has been born, my wife is out of town in Canada for four days and I am alone with this guy and it's his first time without mom and it was uh it was a rough day. He's <laughs> he's staging a hunger strike currently. <laughs> he is. Well, he's eating. He's eating food. He's just not drinking. Milk. Okay. And, and and I feel like he needs milk. He looks like the type of person who would need milk. <laughs> the type of people who need milk most are usually tiny people. Uh, yes. Yeah. And tiny he is tiny. Who so have not, I'm a bit tiny worried. people who have not been on the earth very long. But anyway, what's going on in the NFL? <laughs> <laughs> there, there've been some roster moves. Uh, there've been some roster moves. Um, the first of which is Chris Coughlin is returning to the Chicago Cubs. Uh, well, today, today the Cubs traded, traded for him. Uh, they made a deal with the A's sending Arismendi Alcantara to the, to Oakland for Chris Coughlin. Chris Coughlin was traded by the Cubs in spring training to Oakland for, uh, for Aaron Brooks, Aaron Brooks, uh, not not Bulls point guard Aaron Brooks. It's a it's a pitcher Aaron Brooks, um, <clears throat> and that was to free up a roster spot for Dexter Fowler when Dexter Fowler resigned. But now Chris Coglin is back, <laughs> and uh, Coglin will be joining the Cubs when uh, when Tommy Lasella is going to go on the DL. Um, and Coglin, I I believe, was playing mostly second base for the A's this year, and he was. He did. Some, he had some infield time last year, but not a lot. And I'm pretty sure Madden will use him in a similar role, kind of corner outfield and spot infield type. Um, Remind me, what was the first Chris Coughlin trade? <laughs> it was to to Oakland for Aaron Brooks in spring training. It was odd at the time because. If I recall, it was a day before they brought back Fowler, so it seemed like a really weird trade. But no one knew that the Cubs behind the scenes were. It was. It was back actually. Fowler. It was, was actually correct? the same day. Uh, I believe they were. Oh, the they same were day. Okay. Concurrent go. moves. Um, mm, I think. Okay. I think the Coglin trade was announced before. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, other other roster moves this week. Uh, for the Cardinals, Colton Wong has been demoted to AAA. Uh, Alex, what are what's uh, what's the vibe on Colton Wong going down? Yeah, it's a bummer. I love Colton 
Uh, although he he hit a home run in his very first at bat for Memphis tonight. That'll show him. So that's good. Um, yeah, it's. I I wrote a, a stupid article about it a month ago about titled Colin Wong's slow start is over because he got off to a very slow start in the season and then kind of picked it up a little bit since that article he's been he he went like three for thirty I think that's uh, not very good but. It, no, it's not very good at all. And it actually, though, has less to do with Colton Wong and more to do with Aledvis Diaz in that once Johnny Peralta came back, they looked at Diaz and looked at Wong and said, we have to keep Diaz. You know, Diaz is more important to have in the lineup right now than Colton Wong is. Um, and because Johnny Peralta and Matt Carpenter um, are versatile. Well, he, here's the beauty of the Cardinals' infield defense that it's not good and so you can move guys around because they're not going to be good anywhere <laughs> so it doesn't matter if matt carpenter is not good at third base or not good at set you know it's not like the cardinals don't have like a scott Rowland or ozzy smith who are just like irreplaceable at their position so once so once pralta came back <clears throat> didn't want to um displace diaz so pralta is now playing third base a position he hasn't played since 2010 uh, with Cleveland, I believe, and Carpenter is at second base, which I actually, you know, I said he plays a lousy second base, but that's not entirely true. It's actually his natural position, I believe, and it's probably a stronger second baseman than he is a third baseman. Um, so that's the situation. It's a bummer. Um, hopefully he'll be back up with the club soon. Um, I think most fans, most Cardinal fans, were pretty pretty surprised by the move although not totally shocked obviously something happened I, I i think most people just thought he'd be seeing the bench um but not necessarily be seeing memphis i am hoping they still distribute the uh the colton wong hawaiian themed sure well, i saw the, the yeah the giveaway the giveaway is coming up well i i forget who it was that tweeted it but someone so, some, you know, old, old joke, but someone tweeted, well, I guess Aloha does mean goodbye, <laughs> which uh, I thought was pretty decent. Uh, oh, man. Well, he'll always be a part of the – he's still a part of the Cardinals' Ohana, even if it is from Memphis. Um, oh, yeah. He'll, yeah, he'll, he'll, be, he'll back. be back. And uh, he, he signed a contract extension this year, so he's so he's still getting paid. Yeah, so good for yeah. Him. He is still getting yeah. paid, so good for him. And then uh, Anthony DiSclafani is coming back for the Reds. Eric, are you hype about that? I am, yeah. It's been – I mean, one of the things about the Reds is, I mean, the pitching's been bad, but part of it's just been – DiSclafani's been out. Rizal Iglesias has been hurt. Uh, Homer Bailey's still out with an injury from last year. So it's just been one of those things where you know the pitching might be there if everybody could get healthy, and so it'll be good to see DiSclafani pitching again. Uh, and he's slated to get the start tomorrow against Oakland. Nice, nice, nice. I would say as little as we have to turn to the bullpen, uh, the better. Because as I mentioned to you, I'll just talk about they're almost two full runs worse than the next worst bullpen in baseball wow. at this point. I think that means it's a fun Which, fact. I said, wow. <laughs> it's, I'm almost rooting for them to get up to two at this point. 
but yeah, so they before tonight the Reds bullpen was a, had a six point seven three ERA, and Texas was the next highest at four point nine six. So, kind of so sucks. Di Scafani is going to head into the rotation. Uh, does that mean he'll be? In- and uh, they did make some news this week. It sounds like they're a little concerned about Iglesias' shoulder. So the plan is to put him in the bullpen okay. when he gets back. And uh, the whispers are that could be kind of the long-term situation for him. Uh, Brian Price mentioned last night, soon you could see the top two pitching prospects coming up from AAA, which Reds fans have been waiting on. I'm pretty sure the Super 2 deadline's passed, so it, it would kind of make sense unless you just don't want them to – be a part of losing a bunch of games but i mean outside of that robert stevenson and and cody reed the two pitchers that fans have been waiting on could be up in the next hopefully a couple of weeks from what management said i mean that's that's part of what is making this the best season to be a reds fan right i'm really regretting that article (laughs) not a day goes by where i think you know it's not it's not the best season to be a Reds fan. <laughs> Eric, if it makes you feel better when uh, when Colton Wong got sent back down, there were at least two sarcastic retweets of my Colton Wong article. <laughs> <laughs> From people who I don't even know. So, so they weren't even like the, of the friendly retweet variety. <laughs> well... I'm kind of glad it's people just don't care enough about the Reds to retweet that. So, Brandon, did you read um, Rainey's article about the Cubs? I did read Rainey's article about the Cubs on the Ringer. What'd you think? I love Rainey, first of all. Uh, so, so when I uh, 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 oh. It sounds like you're about to go oh, in on Rainey. No way, man. I I I like the article. Um, when when someone like Rainey talks about like even the the possibility of the Cubs being, you know, having this historically great pace or you know possibly, you know, had, having a shot at at you know one sixteen, and here are the reasons why what the Cubs have done so far is sustainable. Like it. It's a it's a level of validation, you know. Like if uh, you know, like if um, if if an article were to were to show up written by I don't know some guy or someone, right? Uh, listing out almost these same stats, I would be like, eh, whatever. But but like the fact that Rainey wrote it is, you know, it's it's something, right? And. And I think ultimately he comes to the thing about like, well, you know, even if even winning the even winning the pennant, you know, once you're there, it's you know, you're you're still at about a coin flip, right? Which is, you know, I yeah. I would say hey, there's there's a there's a non-zero chance we lose in the first round, right? But it's it's one of those things where you know it's it's going back to kind of what we had talked about earlier in the season where, you know, would I be disappointed if the Cubs were to lose in the playoffs? And it's like, even, 
you know, looking at it, looking at it now and you're saying, all right, it's probably it's probably a coin flip for the pennant. And it's still less than it's less than 75 percent for the other rounds. And, you know, I'm hold up real quick, Brandon. It's a less than zero chance. It's a, I'm sorry, it's a non-zero chance that you guys don't even make the playoffs, according to Fangraphs. I am looking at 99.8%. <laughs> that's that's pretty high. <laughs> I will say, like, as soon as our podcast was done last week, I'd seen people started tweeting out, here's where the Cubs are on pace with the Mariners from the year that they won a crazy amount of games. So I think that's a story that's going to start picking up throughout the season is where are they on that right. pace. Right. If the Cubs, if the, if the Cubs um, say win 120 games, uh, and let's say they win the World Series, Chicago, in my opinion, will lay claim to the three greatest teams in um, the three major sports. I'm, I'm leaving out your, hockey. Right uh, your single season teams, right? 80, 85 yes, Bears, yes, 96 se- Bulls, 16 Cubs. Yes, that's strictly my opinion. I, I think there's plenty of debate on all three of those teams, but they would be in the conversation. Yeah, the, the, the 72 Dolphins are going to come and leave a bunch of comments on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mer- Mercury Morris is going to uh, yeah, yeah, leave, some, leave some bad comments. Um. I was listening to uh, I was listening to Adrian Wojnarowski's podcast this week, or maybe it was from last week. It was from right after the Western Conference Finals, and he interviewed Bob Myers, who's the GM of the Warriors. And uh, Bob Myers was talking about going for going for seventy three wins, and uh, he was talking about how it was something the players wanted to do and all of that. Uh, and he said that you know the idea of giving it your all and falling short right it's like you would rather you would rather lose that way than to than to rest up and then try and turn it back on and still lose you know because because you could lose it you could lose it both ways so so i'm thinking then in the cubs context like you know if the cubs have a shot to go for 116 then you sure as hell do it Right. I mean, obviously, you're not going to not. You're not going to not. Right. Um, so. So do you remember the Super Bowl when the New Orleans Saints uh, upset the Indianapolis yeah. Colts? Oh, I do. OK. Eric, are you a Colts fan? You are, <laughs> right. right? I also okay, remember well, the one where the Colts beat what? the Bears. That was a that was a not great Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, I remember that one. That one was that one was not fun. But the the Colts Saints Super Bowl. What a lot of people forget about that is the Colts late in that year, I believe, were thirteen and zero, and could have made a real run at sixteen and zero, and then going to the playoffs undefeated. But they took their right. foot off the gas, um, rested guys with the idea of we are going to yeah. win the big game. And um, now, who knows? Maybe if they go undefeated and then still lose to the Saints, it stings even more, a la like the yeah. Patriots or something. But I agree with you. Like, yeah, go for it. Yeah, because you know what? You could lose anyway. <laughs> you know? Yeah. As they did. Yeah, you can lose yeah. anyway. And uh, I think the thing is with with basketball, it's almost like 
the seven the seventy two was was pretty. It's a pretty revered number, right? Or it was a pretty revered number before, uh, you know, before the Warriors won seventy three, and now seventy three is like the number, right? Or will be the number once once other teams start kind of going for it. The thing about the one sixteen is that neither of the teams that won one sixteen won the World Series, <laughs> uh, right? So it, you know, I that that definitely takes some sort of uh some sort of shine off of it and i almost feel like i almost feel like i i can i can imagine the hot takes about 116 being a cursed win number or something like i can i can feel them i can sense them in the force that that is that that those takes are waiting to be written upon the cubs winning 116 and losing before the world series Well, all the more reason to go for it because of how hard it is to win um, yeah, the World Series. Right. No, we're still talking about the Mariners. Well, sure, we are. We are, I mean, yeah. Not, not, well, I think a lot of people remember that team as uh, – you know, actually, you might be right. I, don't th- I think if I asked my dad to um, – if I asked my dad about the 2001 Mariners, I don't think he would uh, – Remember what I was actually they were about, in but... they were in the news last week the 2001 Mariners yeah because the Indians they blew the big that... lead yeah comeback yeah I, I... <laughs> what podcast was I listening to so wait the comeback last week was who Pod... uh, Padres and uh, Mariners wasn't it and who Marin oh yes of course and I I forget which podcast I was listening to that brought that up. I was, ha- I was actually watching that game, that Indians-Mariners game, uh, when that was happening. And I remember Lofton scoring that run. Uh, it's, it's it's maybe the craziest baseball game I've ever seen. And it's a baseball game I had no business to be watching because I was not a fan of um, either team. I think it just happened to be on ESPN or something. I mean, they probably, they probably cut in, that's right? Why so many oh, because, so, okay, it was already on ESPN, okay. Yeah, I think it was like a Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, you know, some – some ESPN night game um, because it seems like an inordinate amount of people recall watching that game. I mean, an inordinate amount of people recall being at the Kerry Wood 20 strikeout game, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, an inordinate amount of people seem to remember watching that game. And okay. I believe them, I guess is what I'm saying. So I think, I think it was on uh, major television. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on, do do either of you have any takes on the MLB draft? The Cubs don't pick well, the Cubs don't pick till who, the second day of the draft. So this year I have none. Uh the Reds had the number two pick tonight, and so uh they'll probably have the number one or two pick <laughs> next year. Uh yeah, so tonight they took uh Nick Sinzel, so he's a third baseman from Tennessee. It kind of keeps with the Reds MO over the past year. Uh in trades they've done this and drafts they've done this. They seem set on going for high floor, low risk guys. And uh, I mean, I haven't watched since I'll be honest, like all I know is what I've read of him. Uh, I mean, he seems like a, a solid hitter. He's a safe bet at the number two pick. Uh, but that's, that's kind of what they've tied their ship to in a sense that they're going to go out and get guys who, you know, they're going to be solid. Uh, the, I don't know that the superstar potential is there, but 
but there's less of a chance that he's just going to completely flame out. Yeah, that seems to be the kind of guy the Reds are accumulating, even in the <laughs> trades that they've made. Uh, oh. Well, yeah, because, I mean, last year in the in the Todd Frazier trade, they got Jose Peraza, who's that kind of guy. Uh, in a number of trades, it, it, it seemed the narrative was the Reds are going after guys who will contribute sooner than later. Uh, you know, the potential for a, for an all-star might not be there, but they're, again, they're going to be solid players. And so uh, the, the current ownership has seemed pretty hesitant to go full on Astros, blow it up. I, mean, I think coming into this season, they were still hopeful that, that things could magically work out somehow. Um, and so it, it definitely seems like Walt Jackety, who was the GM of Alex's team for a while, uh, seems pretty set on, we're going to get, Solid guys that you know might not turn into superstars, but they're not going to be an embarrassment for the and, pitch. And in that White Sox trade, they passed up on Trace Thompson. Like they decided they didn't want Trace Thompson, and then they called on oh, called yeah. on the I, Dodgers I mean, to trade, broker it. it. The consensus was the Reds traded Frazier to Chicago, and the Dodgers won the trade. <laughs> uh, which I mean was not great to read at the time. Not great for the White Sox, uh, either. but. <laughs> I mean, no, Sox did I mean, and, Sox and did in well hindsight, Sox did well on the trade. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in hindsight, some of the Cincinnati trades have worked out a little better uh, than we thought they did at the time. The Cueto trade looks a lot better now, looking at how those guys are performing. Uh, trading Mike Lee to the Giants has worked out well. Adam Duvall has been great for the team this year. Uh, so it's things have looked better than they did at the time, but there's still kind of the hesitant why, you know, the Cubs are in our division. The Pirates are in, our, in, are in our division. The Cardinals are in our division. Is this really the best way to go about trying to, to catch the them? The are only three games under five hundred. Sure, I, if you say so. <laughs> That's what I heard. That's what I heard. <laughs> Alex, the, the Cardinals have three picks tonight. Is that right? They, yes, and with their first pick, the 23rd pick, they took a uh, fellow from Puerto Rico named Delvin Perez, uh, most notable for failing a PED test uh, last week. Is that what I'm hearing? Um, yeah. I, I want to yeah. be clear. I just heard of this guy 30 minutes ago, so I'm not – this is not going to be a good crack analysis. Um, uh, but Eric probably knows more about – him than I do just because I, I don't follow the MLB draft that closely. But what I understand is this. He was a consensus or at least um, a likely top five pick. And because of the PED, PED test, he slipped to us at number 23. Um, and so and he's also very, very young. Um, so I'm liking this. Um and then with our second pick, thank you, Chicago Cubs, we picked Wait, a both guy. Of uh, both of you next yes, two picks. Yes, yeah. we pick, yeah. So we picked a guy named Dakota Hudson. Uh, oh, I'm sure he's great. And um, who else? And then also Dylan Carlson. So Dakota Hudson and Dylan Carlson. Um were the two picks we got from the Cubs. Uh, so there you go. I don't know anything about these guys. I will read about them tomorrow. Uh, I find the MLB draft 
not that all right exciting. all right okay if we could rank pro sports drafts let's rank pro sports drafts and we'll um, NBA, NBA, NBA easy easily one, right? Yeah, absolutely. No question. And I guess by default that leaves NFL too, because in my life I have watched more NFL drafts than MLB drafts. Here, so I I have two. In fact, I don't think I've ever watched a second of the N, of the MLB draft. But I'm going to still rank it ahead of the Whoa. NFL draft, only because the the amount of attention the NFL draft gets. And the way they have now spread it out over like a whole month. Yo, it's the same number of days as the MLB draft. But the MLB draft has how many rounds? (laughs) Yeah, and the NFL draft has, what, seven? Uh, I hate the NFL draft. I hate the people who show up and like cheat. The people who wear jerseys and show up and like boo the picks. Uh, That looks like such a horrible time. But wait, but uh, but that's so, actually but that's that's part of why I love the NBA draft because you know basically yeah, I would watch I would watch for the Bulls pick and I would watch for the people who boo the Knicks pick. Like that's those are the things no, that I love. Brandon, here's our disconnect. Um, and I'm not coming at this from an anti-football angle because I actually really enjoy uh, football. I really enjoy NFL. But I'm coming at this from the type of person who goes to the NFL draft versus the type of person who goes to the NBA <laughs> draft. <laughs> That's I would enjoy, I think, spending time with the average person who goes to the NBA draft. I don't feel that way about the person who goes to the NFL draft. I see. I see. <laughs> That's where I'm coming from. <laughs> I believe uh, so. The NFL draft w- has been in Chicago the last couple of years, and I've I've made it a point to stay away from the downtown area when the NFL draft is in town. Uh, so I I actually have no idea what it's like, um, and I'm I'm totally okay with that. But if the NBA draft were to ever come to town, I would totally go. Would you wear a jersey? Mm, probably i would uh oh the nba draft nba draft i don't i don't have a current bulls jersey i think the nba draft used to be kind of like this barnstorming tour but now i think it's exclusively in new york city is that right okay i thought so i think it used to go to different places I, I recall a time when it was in Indianapolis and when David Stern was announcing the pick for the Knicks, the crowd was just going nuts because it was right in the heyday of their rivalry. With <laughs> the Knicks. And they were just, the crowd was just really booing. Um, I know that it was in either <laughs> Vancouver or Toronto one year, uh, the year that one of the years that they were, um, one of the newer teams uh actually one of the fun one of the fun things about about that was that they were both that both the raptors and grizzlies were restricted from getting the number one pick for so many seasons so like part of their part of their expansion agreement was that they couldn't pick number one overall so they had to pick like four and five is that right? I didn't know that. Is that the 
is that did the T Wolves, Heat, Hornets, Magic have a similar deal? Because now that I think about it, none of those teams had the first pick in their first year or two. Hornets, huh. Hornets got I it guess. pretty quick. I never knew that was a thing. This is uh, this is. <laughs> <laughs> NL Central podcast has changed into has changed into NBA <laughs> NBA podcast. Hey, uh, do you, how do how do y'all feel about the finals? The Cavs coming back? I was just gonna say I think they get one game. Didn't surprise me. My guess is it's over in five, and I kind of expect Golden State to win it four one. That was my original pick. Golden State in in five. I think I even said that last week on the podcast. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Cleveland can obviously win. Uh, is, is, is game four tomorrow? Okay. Yeah, yeah. tomorrow the um, Monday. Yeah. I don't like that two not, the two days off between games. That's not good. Um, so I'm glad it's tomorrow. But Cleveland could obviously win tomorrow. Um, and if they do, I'm planning on it being a a very boring game like all the others have been so far. This has been a very uh, hard final yeah, to watch. Lot, so. Yeah. I, 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 still got, I still got Golden State in six. I think I picked Golden State in six at the beginning, and I'm sticking to it. <clears throat> uh, in, in other baseball news, and uh, I, want, I wanted to bring this up because uh, it, it made me look at the awards for – 2006, because Justin Morneau was signed by the Chicago White Sox today. Uh, Justin Morneau won MVP in 2006 for the Twins. And I scrolled down on the baseball reference page to look at the NL MVP voting. Now, here's our game. Our game is name the players from the National League Central in 2006 who received MVP votes. Oh. Okay, so obviously Pujols because he had like one of his best seasons ever. Yeah, in Pujols finished second to Ryan Howard. Okay, I I'm I don't have it in front of me right now, but I'm guessing he should not have he finished should, second. To he Howard. should not Although, have finished. He Howard should not have Rooker. finished. Second. Okay, that's what uh, I mean. it. Probably should have been between Pujols and Carlos Beltran that year. Uh, and uh, this is a long shot, but did Griffey get any MVP Griffey votes? Griffey did not get any MVP votes. I'll tell you there was one Cub, one Red, two okay. Cardinals. We got one of them. Two Pirates and one Astro. Okay, I'm going to guess the other Cardinal was it Scott Rowland. not Scott Rowland. Not Scott Rowland. Okay. Oh man, that is tough. Did Adam Dunn get an MVP vote? It's not Adam Dunn. <laughs> what you said? There, there was, was a Cub. Cub. Yeah, Ramirez. Aramis Ramirez. Yes. Okay. Two thousand six Reds. <laughs> this is it. It's probably not one of the first people you would think of, Eric. It couldn't be. Aaron Harang? No, but almost that level. <laughs> Definitely not one of the first person I thought I would have thought of. So it was a good. Guess. He had a good year or two. Uh, good grief! I have no idea. I'm still trying to fin- figure out who the second Cardinal would be. Um, <laughs> the the Reds, the Reds player who received a vote, had a slash line of 
had a slash line of 111, 143, 222. So it was a, it was a pitcher. What? Oh, it was a pitcher. Oh, so Cardinals was probably Chris Carpenter. Cardinals was Chris Carpenter, yes. Okay, okay. A 2006 Reds pitcher. Cueto's too young. Cueto's too young, Cueto's right? Cueto's too young. Yeah, Cueto's oh, too young. Yeah. He was I still don't... ruining careers in Little League. He was defending himself <laughs> from the world. All right, who's, who's the Astro? The Astro is the easy one, I think. Back? Uh, Bagwell? Uh, Bagwell? No, another B. Yeah, Berkman. Berkman? Berkman finished third. So we're, we're still trying to figure out the red. <laughs> the red and two pirates. Oh, two pirates. Okay. Two pirates. How can that be? That doesn't sound like the pirates I know. <laughs> I'll tell you, their vote points um, add up to six. Uh, and Ryan Howard won it with 388. Okay. Uh... Freddie Sanchez? <laughs> yes. Yes. Freddie Sanchez. Okay. Freddie Sanchez received the MVP <laughs> votes. He hit 344 that season. Okay. An empty 344. He... Look at this. 344 and 378 on base. I shouldn't say empty, but not a lot of walks. Yeah. Oh, that was a batting title. Oh, really? He he, he won the bat. My gosh. Okay, so. Yeah, you're right. Not a lot of walks there. Not a lot yeah. of Ks, though, yeah. either. All right, so we got one Pirate and one Red. 2006. The, the Pirate... Uh, I'm cheating. The Pirate's a guy... I'm cheating now looking at Fangrass leaderboards for 2006. The The Pirate's player was a really good player for a, for a, a while. Jose Castillo? No. Not... This player... Yeah, he was... He was pretty good for the Pirates. He eventually got traded and made an all-star game with another team. Uh, but he made two He made two all-star games with the Pirates. One rookie of the year. Eric, you weren't kidding about Aaron Harang having a good year in 2006. I had no idea. He had a couple of years where he was actually really good. He was our ace, if you will. <clears throat> uh, let me see. 2006 Reds. I'm I'm just searching. I'm gonna. I can't figure this out. Uh, it, it was he a pitcher. Recently retired. Bronson I know who the other pirates. Uh, only because I mostly cheated. Wait, wait. Bronson Arroyo got MVP votes. <laughs> More accurately, Bronson Arroyo got MVP vote. Oh my gosh. For the record, that season he was fourteen and eleven with a three point two nine ERA. More. He did one forty two ERA plus. That had to be a Cincinnati B rider. <laughs> how many in, how many innings did he pitch? Two hundred two forty. Ah, there you go. He's an innings eater. That's good. That's I think that's deserving of an yeah, like a, a down ballot one. down ballot vote. Not, not yeah. more than one, but one is fine. Um, I, I think obviously the other pirate and full disclosure, I'm I'm looking at Fangraphs right now, but it's got to be um, yeah, Jason, Jason Bay, right? Okay. <laughs> thank you, thank you for bringing this game to an end. But yeah, it's, it's Jason. <laughs> yeah, <Bay>. no, no. <laughs> Our games are great. Actually, do you guys remember who is the NL NL Manager of the Year this year? Two thousand six. Yeah. The team had a. The team had a uh, seventy-eight and eighty-four record. 
Oh, okay. I was about to say uh, Willie Randolph, but finished second. Not. Willie Randolph. Se- Seventy-eight and one. <laughs> Seventy-eight and eighty-four. Seventy-eight win season. One manager of the year. I like how I said seventy-eight <laughs> and what? Like I couldn't just figure it out myself. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, let's see. What's hilarious is that was only five games behind the Cardinals, who won the World Series. Um, hilarious to me, anyway. Uh, hilarious to yeah. <laughs> this this person is still managing uh, in the majors, but a different team. Well, oh, it could uh, have been Dusty in Chicago. No, it was not Dusty. Okay, they, they were they were not. Jerry Naren finished sixth. He's he's what, managing uh, for what, team currently. Yeah, he he is currently managing another team. Oh, Bochi? Not Bochi. Bochi finished third for the Padres. Padres won 88 games. Oh, that's right, because the Padres actually made the playoffs yeah. this year. They were very good. Uh, so it wouldn't be Bochi. Um, which, uh, I'm going to ask for a lifeline, but which, uh, which division? NL East. NL East. He's in the NL East or was in the NL East? was in the NL East when he won this award. And he's still coaching. He's still managing. Uh, Probably like some. Marlins manager. Uh, it's not Don Mattingly. Mattingly is the Marlins manager. Uh, I don't. I feel like this is a really bad <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Mattingly is actually pretty warm. Actually. Oh. Okay. Oh. Uh. uh it's wait. Girardi. Girardi. It's Joe Girardi. Okay. Ten-year-old awards voting. Actually, I. I, I won't. I, I will not make you guys guess, but six Marlins received Rookie of the Year votes this year. Yeah, two thousand six. Hanley Ramirez. Hanley Ramirez Cabrera? won won it, uh, but also Dan Ugla, Josh Johnson, Scott Olson, Anibal Sanchez, and Josh Willingham. You, my gosh, Flor- uh, Marlins. <laughs> this is like a this is like a a podcast version of. Of hey, remember that guy. That's all right. Let's remember some guys. <laughs> Let's remember some guys. Some guys. Some guys are just remembered. Some guys were just remembered. Uh, what's come? What's coming up this week in the NL Central, guys? Uh, or this weekend, I should say. The Cubs are in Atlanta and then going to Washington next week. We have you guys, but then they play the. Then uh, they're hosting the Cardinals. Yeah, after then that, Cardinals. Right? Then so Cardinals come to town. Uh, we are, we're going to Pittsburgh, Eric, Reds, who they got? They've got Oakland this weekend. And then, uh, I'm hoping, uh, Atlanta. Is that right, Brandon? That's correct. Okay. So I feel good about the Atlanta series. Eric, that's going to be a, that's going to have a lot of impact on your, uh, yeah. division. That you yeah. So, yeah. So for those who are here. Uh, at Red Reporter, I have created the uh, chosen by the masses named Dumpster Fire Division, where we have taken the Padres, the Reds, the Braves, and the Twins, thrown them in a division. Uh, the Padres led that division as of yesterday by two games, uh, but a lot on the line as the Reds head to Atlanta. And, and trading James Shields, that might be addition by subtraction at this point. Boy, he looked Ooh, bad last he, night. Oof. 
That's too straight. That's too straight. Real bad starts for big game James. But it's okay because neither of these were really big games, I guess. All right. That's going to do it for this week's edition of an NL Central podcast. I have been Brandon Lee from Banished to the Pen. You can find me on Twitter at Blee Internets. You can follow Banished to the Pen on Twitter at Banished to Pen. Uh, Eric, yes. where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, you can find me at uh, mainly at Red Reporter uh, and my make-believe divisions to try and stay interested in the season. You can also find Eric pushing the top content on Red Reporter. Uh, Alex, Alex, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on the internet at work. <laughs> uh, you can, yeah, I already said it. Whatever. Okay. This, this. That's... I, that, I have a feeling that's a very old joke. Or I, maybe I just made it up. I don't know. Uh, but Alex Card 79. That's fantastic. And a Viva Albertos. And a Viva that's Albertos. Awesome. That's, been, that's been the NL Central Podcast. That's all. Good night. To save you from the bottom of your glass. Hey guys, about yeah. halfway through the pod, I started to feel the Merlot. <laughs> you had a whole bottle, man. Yeah. I'm looking back on it and thinking maybe, maybe shouldn't have done it. <laughs>